This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanisin with... Frida Liu, she's back. She's back, a voice <laughs> we haven't heard on air with us on EBB in a while. Uh, it, it is now five minutes past 12 p.m. on Monday, February the 20th. Frida, how are you? I am good. I'm good. It was a, it was a good time away. Uh, how was Aussie, Aussie, Aussie? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie was good. It wasn't a holiday because I was settling my son into university. Oh, I can't believe it. Anyway. <laughs> mm. Um. You know, but in a really big, hard pivot that we're going to go into yes. right now, we're going to be talking about something quite serious, Frida. And um, obviously on the, the minds of a lot of people, because I think last week we saw the Auditor General's report come out. Right. That was for 2021. So there's a year gap there. Uh, several, many questions actually were raised about the record stored in the MySajatra app. Uh, the report found that weaknesses included a few... Among other things, there was this so-called super admin account that had downloaded information that the app had been, uh, that downloaded information. There was also the uh, revelation that the app had been attacked 1.1 million times as of October 27th, 2021. However, the report did not go so as far to say whether the attacks were successful or not. Uh, So in a bit, uh, we'll be speaking with former white hat hacker, uh, CF Fong, CEO and cybersecurity consultant at LGMS, uh, which is a consultancy focusing on Mm. cybersecurity. Uh, but before we break, uh, before we speak to him, uh, not break him, before we speak to him, um, <laughs> break him. yeah, Frida, maybe just let's break this down a little further. All right, okay. You know, this super admin account, who is this super admin, right? But anyway, uh, I think it's fair to say that some have had a few doubts about the MySajatra mm. app, especially now that I've heard 1.2 million. That was 2021. Uh. <laughs> so from the beginning, it was all a little bit unclear as to who's developed the app, yeah. how safe our data was, and how effective it was overall, because we were just in a panic state, right? Because it yeah. was like, to be fair, yeah. yeah. Right? So, and with that said, it was an app that we all lived with and used on a daily basis. We flipped it open, scanned the code, and went on with our day so we can go and makan and do what have you, right? So, it's now come to light, and as many suspected, the data stored within the MySajatra app was not entirely secure. Yeah, and I think while a lot of these suspicions um, were are now valid, obviously at the time, yeah. right, they needed something needed to be done. Yeah. But you don't stay in a siege or war mentality forever. At some mm. point, you know, the generals or the prime or the leaders like Churchill need to leave mm. and come in with people who want to build or just kind of resolve the problems that came up during that time. So as I mentioned earlier, there was a super admin account, and this was uh, a super admin account is basically an account that has complete access to all objects, folders, and pretty much anything on the app that is a- uh, and is able to add and remove admins. Uh, this was found to have downloaded private information belonging to 3 million people through the app two years ago. Again, this is the Auditor General's report for 2021. So, And this was according to Auditor General Dato Sri Nick Azman Nick Abdul, uh, Abdul Majid, who released the second series of his report, of the report uh, last Thursday, again for 2021. Mm-hmm. The super admin account raised red flags as the personal information was downloaded from multiple IP addresses, so mm-hmm. not just one location. And as a precautionary measure, the Health Ministry cancelled the super admin account and lodged a police report on November 5th, 2021. Uh, in, uh, according to the Health Ministry, statement was as soon as the matter was discovered the account was restricted immediately again the fact that this account was discovered 
it raises its own red flags okay. uh, and is under police investigation currently. Okay. Now, the National Audit Report scrutinised the app's management uh, from registration to procurement and disbursement of the National COVID-19 vaccine program mm-hmm. and found that ministry's objectives were largely met. But it also found uh, significant weaknesses in the MySajatra that exposes users to data risks or other dubious activities. For example, the audit report highlighted there have been 1.12 million attacks, as you yeah. mentioned, into the MySajatra app uh, from this October 27, 2021. It also noted that 1,657 people had more than one MySajatra identity registered. Another 1,543 individuals were found to have between two and seven accounts that showed 3,108 <laughs> MySajatra identities with active status, verified identity, and that they had been vaccinated. Yeah, so I guess when you have millions of accounts and people... Um, you will have a certain level of margin of error, right? And while we are not experts in this space, CF, I think, mm. will fill us in on the details in terms of how problematic this is. Um, yeah, so again, not. I guess it's fair, not fair to say. Um, no. This is concerning, Yes. right? Uh, it's fair but, to say it's, it's concerning. It's fair to say it's concerning. <laughs> That's what we're going to go with. Um, a lot of the other things here, uh, the report also went on to show a total of 56 admins were created with 29 users given to third parties and 10 users created as general users. Um, I guess 56 admins, not necessarily... Uh, the, the the concerning part here, but I guess wh- who were these third parties uh, that mm. were given access here? Uh, vaccination records showed that twenty eight a total of twenty eight thousand seven hundred thirty five individuals were vaccinated at government listed vaccine centers or PPVs. Um, that's not the problem. The problem was apparently it was done after they were closed down. So was this a data entry error? Was there a bit of, you know, uh, a bit of messiness in the data recording itself? Uh, just over 12,000 vaccination records had been uploaded into the system were not complete. Another 3.9 million records were uploaded more than one day after the date the individual was vaccinated, while over 200,000 records had been uploaded into the system before the date of vaccination and 46 records were not available in the system at all. So again, when you're dealing with this many data points, definitely going to be some mess there. Uh, CF will definitely give, fill, in, fill us in on how concerning all this okay. is. So- uh, auditor, sorry, one more thing. The auditors also uh, said that 70 MySajatra accounts belonging to people who have since died were still as listed as active. This not necessarily uncommon because there is fragmentation in terms right. of when, you know, is someone communicating yeah. with the other party or MySJ in this yeah. situation? Yeah, so I, I'm, you know, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Actually, if you, you can't see me, but my jaw is open at most times. Uh, in, in his uh, report, uh, A.G. Nick Azman recommended that the health ministry undertake the following measures to address these weaknesses and prevent a recurrence in its systems, especially since the MySajatra app is still being used for a broader number of health matters. Um, he said the Ministry of Health must ensure the management of user accounts of MySajatra and MBAS, the Malaysia Vaccine Administration System applications, is carried out in accordance with the Ministry's ICT security policies. Um, the Ministry of Health must implement data housekeeping to ensure the availability, completeness and reliability uh, of the data and also the Ministry of Health should conduct a thorough security assessment on the MySajatra and MBAS application upgrade security features to guarantee the security of the system and data. So everything in the kitchen sink, basically, mm. uh, is what seems needs to be done. Uh, and this 
I don't know whether this puts the nail in the coffin of the idea of using MySJ as that central hub for health records. You know, there was a lot of ideas about what could be done. Well, most people seem to have just want to seem to just want to put it away, right? Yeah. We, you know, we all got on board because there was a, a pandemic. Need, we yeah. needed it to use for certain things. We don't seem to want to use this anymore. But I'm, it's a big asset with a lot of data. I'm sure someone's going to try and figure out how to utilize it in different ways, right? Because uh, otherwise, it's just in a quote unquote, it's like an asset sitting on the floor, not doing anything. Uh, and let's also be a bit frank: data breaches in Malaysia are not new. In fact, I just did a Google search on the site, and it's you know every other day, not every other day, sorry, every other month there is something going on. Right. Uh, uh, there was allegedly at the end of December, there were some users who posted on Facebook about an alleged. Uh, breach of 13 million accounts uh, from three major institutions. I'm not going to name the institutions only because uh, they have come out to say that there is no such incident. So unless, until a further investigation is done, we're not going to know. But, uh, you know, there are always, you know, dark web, Twitter, there's always going to be mm. some kind of sale going on. Uh, and so a lot of our data is already on this app, yet yeah. there's a very res- real possibility that some of that data is floating already online somewhere for uh, to be purchased. I think I saw an estimate that it costs maybe $6 to buy a Malaysian identity uh, out there. So if here's the thing though, right? Um, if you head over to the MySajata official website, there is obviously a disclaimer, right? And it reads as so. The government of Malaysia should not be liable for any loss or damage caused by the usage of any information obtained from this application. And I presume that this is not dissimilar to many of the mm. other terms and conditions that we all just say agree, 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 yes. which is where the law needs to come right. in right, at and, some and point. You know, like the MySojatra app is very useful and we, God forbid, we should need to use it again, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the fact of the matter is the security factor, Correct. right? So that was not looked into. We're very good at developing these things and then, you know, the maintenance of it. It can be useful for many other reasons as well, right? Okay, so and furthermore, the privacy policy also states that the personal data collected by the COVID-19 app, which includes one's name, IC, IC number, address, phone number, check-in location data and health risk status from answering health assessments on COVID-19 app, will be kept confidential in accordance with this privacy policy, in accordance with any applicable laws which may take effect from time to time. However, that policy does not state which agency a government contractor has access to different types of personal data collected on MySajatra, how personal information is processed, where the data is stored, or the duration of time for the storage of data before it is deleted. Yeah, so if just last week, apparently, there was a, a data leak online uh, relating to the Penang government, and they have come out to say that it was an outdated uh, data set. Uh, but apparently over 600,000 rows of private data from the Penang government official website was allegedly stolen and uploaded to the internet. And this is off uh, Free Malaysia Today. I'm taking a look at this. Mm. Um, and uh, in this same article, FMT cites a Surfshark uh, data point. Uh, cybersecurity firm Surfshark recently revealed that Malaysia had over 1 million breached users last year, ranking 10th in Asia and 27th in the world with 32 uh, breached users for every 1,000 people, which is why no doubt you have uh, Communications Digital Minister Fami Fazil talking a lot about uh, things Changes that need to be had to PDPA, uh, the proposal to establish a Malaysia Cybersecurity Commission, which I think he talked about just over the weekend. Um, So a lot of attention needs to be paid, especially during the next few days in Parliament, about where this goes from here, right? Um, It just... 
Yeah, so I think, Frida, um, very clearly, a lot of questions. Yes. Uh, I have them, you have them, mm. and we've lined up some help, as I noted earlier. So after the break, we will be hearing from former White Hat hacker Sia Fong, CEO and cybersecurity consultant with consultancy LGMS. Uh, so keep it here to Enterprise Biz Bytes on BFM 89, 89.9. <laughs> Bias Free Media, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're now listening to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kennison, joined in the studio by Frida Liu. And if you've just joined us, um, on the back of the most recent Auditor General report for 2021, several questions were raised about the records stored in the Mysa Jatra app. Today on Biz Bites, among other things, uh, we explore the possible reason that a so-called super admin account was in place and the likelihood that attempts at, the, at hacking the app might have been successful considering that there were 1.1 million attempts to break into my into the my Sajata app and that was off as of October 2021 mm. um, helping us with this is former white hat hacker CF Fong CEO and cybersecurity consultant at LGMS a professional cybersecurity services provider CF thanks for your time this afternoon so let's start off with the super admin account is it usual for an app to have a so-called super admin account especially when it's an app that has access to such sensitive data it is not unusual to have super administrative accounts for an application uh, when the application is being developed. However, is part if as part of a good security best practices, it is not recommended to have one single account to administer everything about applications. As part of best practices, usually the practice is that we have separate accounts with separate privileges. This allows a much better uh, access control and administration for an application. That's, that's why it is a good practice to have separate accounts to carry different privileges. So having one single account which contains full privileges that can access everything about, about an applications is never a good idea. That is why from security standpoint, a super admin account is always a target for hackers. Once this account has been compromised, the hackers will have full access control uh, to the data or to the, to the application that they want to have access to. And the worst thing is that once someone accessing an application with a super admin account, they can use the account to erase any traces that they have left over and uh, making security administration or even forensic much more tougher. Hmm. So who would this account normally be allocated to and why would they need access? Traditionally, super admin accounts are typically assigned to administrators to administer or manage the applications that they are assigned to. Uh, however, as I mentioned before, super admin accounts is always a target for hackers, attractive targets for hackers. That's why it is much better from a security standpoint to segregate the privileges from one single account to multiple different accounts. And with multiple different accounts, it is going to be assigned to multiple different individuals to to access. Now, CF, the report also showed that as at the end of October 2021, as I mentioned earlier, there had been around 1.1 million attempts to break into the MySajathara app. How likely is it that some of those attempts were successful? Cyber attacks today are very much automated. Um, so if there has been a 1.12 million attempts, I wouldn't be surprised. Because even as a home user, we can be suffering thousands of attempts every day. So the more important questions here is that how many of these attempts were really successful and how many of these attempts were detected 100%. And that 
that is going to be the questions that uh, I think everyone will be interested in. The success rate of the attempts and whether or not uh, the authority has done any kind of uh, reactive uh, countermeasures uh, against all of these attempts. Because hackers can be using uh, anonymous um, IP address or anonymous identity uh, to attack an application. So uh, how reactive or how proactive the authorities have been dealing with these kind of attempts would be something that uh, we will be interested to know more about. You know, would it be relatively easy to detect that the app uh, was being attacked, especially with the volume of attacks? Yes, in short, with the existing technologies we have today, it is very easy to detect any attempts of attack. Uh, whether from a network perspective or whether from an application's perspective. Uh, the, the only thing that we are more concerned about is that what are we going to do when we detect attempts? Uh, are we going to disregard the attempts or are we going to do some kind of reactive action against the attempt and start blocking? Or um, uh, what are the other countermeasures we have been in place to minimize our exposure you know, to all of these uh, attempts? Now, the thing, interesting thing about uh, hacking attempts today are that uh, many of these attempts are, f- are fully automated by hackers. So hackers have been running software, automated tools to carry out the attacks. And, um, and whether or not you know, the authority has any effective ways to track and, uh, these attempts is also something that we, uh, we should care about. Now, Siav, is there any other reason other than from data sharing why the super admin account would download the personal information of over 3 million users? Personally, I don't see any valid reasons for anyone um, who supposed to use a one single super admin account to download sensitive data like this. This is a very classical textbooks example where um, administrative accounts were being abused and being used, utilized by unknown individuals um, to access sensitive information from a database. Um, I think this also boils down to not just from a technical standpoint, from but from the administrative standpoints as well. Because if an account which super privileges are being assigned to multiple, more than one individual, that makes accountability almost impossible. And that this is current. This is an interesting case study because um, at at this point, we only know that the data were being downloaded by an account. But who are the actual users, and how many actual users uh, have access to this account, that makes the entire thing uh, even more complicated because there's no way we can trace who is accountable for what actions and what activities. It's almost impossible to establish that. Uh, uh, CFR, access was also granted to some third parties speculating why would these parties uh, be granted access? Yeah, access granted to third parties is also another big question. Um, Typically, even for any access granted to a third party shall be documented and shall be uh, approved um, by the authority. So um, that's something that I would probably ask uh, the audit committee, the auditors, and, and who are these third parties? Uh, do they have valid reasons to access sensitive data as these? And what kind of um, protective mechanisms, protection mechanisms they have in place to protect the access so uh, for any applications, if we, there's a way to grant third party to access to the data, the data owner uh, must have 
must establish a strong access control and so that they can monitor, they can supervise, uh, they can even do a traceback, you know, to the activities, to all activities that have been done by the third parties. So this is something that as a security practitioner, I would probably will ask for it, uh, will ask to review the activities that has been done by the third parties and see whether even whether they have a need to access the data that have been given to. Interesting. Um, so a bit of accountability, essentially, as to who was in charge of those those accounts. Uh, so yeah, hypothetically speaking here, um, based on the information we have and whatever we've that has come out, um, hypothetically, how easy would it, ha- would it have been to break into uh, MySajatra or an app similar to it? I think during the initial days when MySajatra was being adopted, uh, there were several incidents where... Um, hackers or maybe researchers able to um, manipulate the MySajatra to um, to send messages on behalf of the authorities and there were cases where um, researchers or hackers able to tap on the API to carry out certain functions of MySajatra. Um, so to date, um, we are still unclear of what kind of, how extensive our security security testing has have been conducted on the app itself. But then again, um, one of the things that we would like to see is that the government government can be more transparent and straightforward when it comes to uh, disclosure. You know, uh, disclosure about the previous incident and the disclosure about how did they resolve the issue and whether they have done any proactive actions in ensuring that uh, no similar incidents will occur in the future. So CF, what are your final thoughts on this? What do you think needs to change so that we're not reading about this kind of thing in the next report? In essence, what I would like to see as a Malaysian and as a security practitioner is that the government are being more transparent and straightforward, plus proactive in when it comes to data protection. Uh, we have seen not lesser than 10 major data leak incidents at national level since last year. And this itself is very concerning, right? And so what I'm just hoping to see that in the future, when there there is any national level projects that involve the personal data of the uh, individuals, the government will take more uh, aggressive um, uh, more aggressive stance uh, when it comes to data loss prevention and also employ uh, regular security countermeasures to detect and prevent any potential data leak or data pro- exploitation in the future. We continue to see government websites uh, being hacked. We continue to see government websites being defaced and continue to see data leaks, leaks incidents uh, keep uh, being reported. So if there's something that I would hope for is that the government will change, um, not just from an administrative uh, point of view, but to change the perception about cybersecurity. Because now today what we are looking at, cybersecurity is no longer an, an organization issue. It's no longer a corporate corporate issue. It is a national defense issue. So I'm hoping that the government will recognize this as a fact and uh, you know employ different uh, mentality and the different different methodologies when it comes to cybersecurity defense. CF, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And you got to head off. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was CF Fong, CEO and cybersecurity consultant at LGMS, a professional cybersecurity services provider. And if you missed any part of that conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. Um, 
wide-ranging conversation, obviously spurred by the news flow from the Auditor General's report. And this is not, you know, it's not a targeted attempt to uh, at Maestro Jatra itself. It's mm. a state of apps out there, right? right. If Maestro Jatra is just a, a natural target because of how big it is, and obviously there are best practices in the business um, that maybe weren't observed as clinically as they should have been considering right. the situations, but it is now 2023. Yes, and, and you know, of course, like with the data, this basically is the whole nation. Yeah. Right. So a very strict security measures should have been put in place. And I think CF was pointing to that towards the end, right? Essentially, culturally, we need to stop looking at cybersecurity as a nice to have mm. and start adopting best practices when building apps, uh, building data sets, any data warehouses as well, especially for something as um, valuable as my Jatra from a data perspective. Mm. Um, so that even when you're building an app, it's not like a, oh, what about the security part? It's, uh, you know, it's that it's a very famous uh, Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg saying, right, move fast and break things. But mm. sometimes when you're as big as a government or, you know, bigger companies, the things you break... Um, Cannot could, be my data. Can, you know, could be, you know, I mean, I mean, Facebook only broke democracy. What's the, the big <laughs> deal around that? Uh, but again, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be sarcastic there. Um, but that's all we have for today. Um uh, we've got the Breakfast Good replay happening in about half an hour after the 1pm news bulletin. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, this morning on the hot seat was Sim Tian Ling, CEO of Kim Lun Corporation Berhad. And, um, you know, Malaysia's corporate, uh, Malaysia's construction sector is a crowded space. And the last few years have been a perfect storm mm. with COVID-19 impact, impacting work schedules, rising raw material costs, and of course, labour shortages and woes there. On top of that, the federal government's balance sheet is at about 1.5 trillion dollar ringgit. This leaves little room to raise development expenditure, which we, I guess, we will see this weekend at Budget 2023's uh, new, the new version of it. Now, Kim Lun has not been spared from the downturn, but the silver lining is its precast division, which sets it apart from the other conventional contractors as it operates in a less competitive environment and boasts superior margins. Uh, the morning run discussed this and its prospects with Sim Tian Ling, CEO of Kim Lun Corporation of the Breakfast Grill. Catch that again in about half an hour. I'm Roshan Gunnison with Frida Liu in the studio and it, this has been Enterprise Biz Bites on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.